Welcome to episode one. I'm Olu Kodri. We're going to be speaking about how do you know if you're good enough to get noticed by a scout and how do young players get scouts to come and see them play. I'm Drew Rice. You are an agent, Olu, yes? Yes, that's correct. And you're an ex-football professional football player. Yeah. So you are perfectly placed for this podcast. Yeah. Let's get started. Yes, so we want to kind of know the difference between a scout and an agent, right? Where a scout is a person who works for a club, who's employed by a club, and their job is to kind of find talent and bring them in on trial at the football club. That's what scouts do. Now, for agents, agents are quite different because they're not employed by clubs. However, they do work with clubs. Agents would want to sign maybe a young promising talent to then get them into a club but it's not an agent job to scout a player for a club that's a scout's job so for players who are not exposed to scouts the best way to be exposed to scouts or to get scouted right is to go to showcase matches sorry that's one of the best ways Right, going to showcase matches, playing in tournaments, because there's a lot of scouts at tournaments, especially. Showcase matches, scouts are invited there. Right. So there's a list of showcase matches on the internet that you can check. Um, for example, there's Get Scouted Showcase Match matches. Um, there are um UK football trials. There is um there's another one which is elite elite sports as well if i'm getting it right and yeah but that's that's literally what you want to do you just want to basically get yourself out there um expose yourself to scouts as i said as well tournaments um school matches yes no they're not really there you kind of want to play for a high standard club when you do play for a high standard club who have previously showed a track record of players um, progressing to academies, you will get a lot of scouts um, in and around there. Also, for players who are 16 plus, right, my advice to you if you're not at a football club, right, is to play semi-professional football, especially for um, 18 years older. You have to be playing first team um, you have to be playing first team because this will improve your game not only improve your game but you will get seen because scouts do go to semi-professional um, games and yes some will say but am I not too young but you see 16, 17 year old players in the, making their debut in the Premier League so of course you're not uh, there will be challenges um, example the physical aspect um, a lot of them would be uh, very physical, but you then have to kind of use your other skills to obviously uh, make up for that part. And this is what I mean, where where players would improve um, a lot if they're playing semi-professional football, men's football. So you you could just look on Google, semi-professional football club near me? Yeah. Right. And you'd get a list of those, and most semi-professional clubs, they train Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if you're bold enough and brave, you you know, look up where they train, or if you know someone that knows someone, 
obviously get the gaffer's number, um, drop him a text, you know, tell him a bit about yourself, you know, and always be confident when you're on the phone. So most clubs they cover certain areas, so there are scouts around watching, so it, it could even be by accident. Like for example, maybe a scout is assigned to want, watch one club, but you're playing on the other pitch, and then the scout then obviously uh, sees another game going on, and then looks at that game, and then sees uh, a, a, a good player that's covering the four corner model, which we'll go into. Okay, just before we talk about that four corner model, are there independent scouts? Well, the independent scouts will be called football agents. Um, which is what you are. Yes, which is what I am, but I'm not an independent football agent because um, I'm with uh, World Emotion. So you do have scouts who are independent that works for themselves, or you have scouts that works as a group um, under a company. Okay. World in motion. In motion. Yes. So you can look that up online. Yes, you can look that up online. Uh, we um, we represent um, players in the Premier League, Championship, uh, even abroad as well. Right. And if I've got a, a son, um, and I think he's really amazing, and I sort of film him every week over the course of a season, and then I sort of make a little film of him, would you accept a film, say, if I sent it in and say, Olu, my son's amazing, have a look at these movies, will you come and watch? I mean, clips are good, especially in this day and age. In fact, I actually know a player who put together a highlight clip. He was playing in America and then sent it off to an agent. And then that agent then got him a um, professional contract in Sweden. Mm. Yeah, so uh, clips are good because obviously it's visual. So a scout or anyone could see the potential of how good that player is for the scout or agent to then come and watch the player. Mm. So the clips is one of the very first processes. Okay, and you mentioned this four-corner model, model that you have yep. created. Let's go through that. Four-corner model is an industry standard model that most academies follow for the improvement and the development of the player. So we have a technical, tactical, physiology, um, physical and social. All right, well, let's start at the beginning. Yeah, so the tactical and technical, um, it basically covers passing over various distance, receiving skills and turning skills as well. So this could be one-on-one -on -one, uh, situations or even kind of how, how smart is the player. That's part of the tactical. Uh, the technical um, is your technique. The technique is very important because um, that's your ball control. Right, if you can't control the ball or if your first touch ain't good, right, then obviously you're not starting at a very good point. And most players they actually cover this certain area. This is why it comes first in a four corner model. Yeah, I imagine if you're technically really good but you lack tactical knowledge or experience, that can be learned. Absolutely. A good manager will teach you that. Yes. But you gotta you gotta your feet have gotta know the ball. Yeah. This is why in um, youth football, um, youth development, right, um, they get drilled with uh, techniques, various techniques, you know, and Arsenal are one of the clubs who produce technically sound players. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, and then the other one is to do with also your mental, right? Uh, which is your confidence, communication, control, commitment, and uh, um, creativity. Your mental ability yes. to deal with the pressure, yeah. to be able to think creatively on the pitch, and think half a second away, what am I going to do, and then just do it. Yeah. All right. It's a funny one because that also covers uh, tactical as well. But, um, you know, it's part of, um, it's also more of your confidence. You know, if you're maybe 2-1 down, do you still have that spirit that you can, you know, turn the game over and win 3-2? Uh, <clears throat> you know, we talk about worn down. There are a lot of pressures on being alive for most people. Um, for young people, they've got school, they've got friends, they've got social media, which adds a big pressure generally. And then they, they pressure themselves because they want to become a professional football footballer. Yeah. So there's a lot on a young person's shoulders. From what age, From roughly what age are we talking about? This can go. I mean, if you want, if you're a dedicated footballer, right? Obviously, I would go down to the age of seven, but that is also too young because you still want them to have some fun. But the most crucial ages are actually um, 13, 14 upwards. Yeah. Reason why is because 13, 14, 15, right, um, and also 16, you want to get your scholarship, right? So from the age of 14, you're actually leading up to um, getting your scholarship. When you say scholarship, <coughs> can you be more specific? What, what, what does that mean? So a club, right, from the age of 16 to 18, which is where the player would go into full-time football. So from the age of under 16, you're then fighting for a scholarship to go into full-time football. Right, so they, I imagine they help you with your living expenses. Yes, they do. So the scholarship is structured <laughs> to support a young player, yeah. so they don't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from. Yes. They can just play football all day. Yeah. I mean, it's like when I went to Leicester, I went there at the age of 16. And um, so they supported me with my digs. Uh, the digs is like a house that you live in, which is right next to the training ground. With other kids like you? With other kids who are part of Leicester. And yeah. would there be an adult at the house as well to just run things and yes. look after you all? Yeah, so so there's normally a normal house. Um, you've got the... Maybe you have the, the couple... Um, but I had uh, just a woman. She was um, looking after all of us mm. there. And I had um, another under-18 player with me and also an under-23 player as well. Moving on is uh, physical, right, which covers agility, flexibility, strength, balance, and coordination. So that's also very important because... The way they also play in England is is a fast-paced game. So this means you need to be up to uh, pace with the game, meaning that you need to be strong and fast, mostly. I mean, some will say big, right? But then if you look at the top level of the Premier League, example, Man City, they don't have kind of big, strong, you know, players. I mean, you could say Haaland. You can obviously um, come back with me with Haaland. Yes, he is big and strong, but most of their players are very agile um, um, and they're technically sound as well. 
So, but when you look at the Championship, League One, League Two, there are some big players. But for example, um, a centre-back, right? He will need to be at least 6'1 or 6'2 or even a goalkeeper, at least 6'1, right? You can argue that Pickford's six foot, but he's very good. So this is very important also for young players to know that they have to be um, also, you know, they have to kind of tick these this box as well. Like if you're a winger, you need to make sure that you have a good amount of pace or agility. And if you're also a centre-back, you need to be strong and also balanced and also have agility, some sort of agility. It will be very hard for a centre-back to have a great amount of um, agility. So if you get this, never mind the scholarship, if you, is part of your training when you're young to go to the gym as well? Or is all this fitness learnt and gained on the pitch? So yes, you you should be going to the gym um, from sixteen plus. I wouldn't I wouldn't say you know if you're under sixteen, start going to the gym because your body's still mm. developing, right? But there's certain you know stuff that you have to do at the gym. It's not that you just pick up big weights, right? And even if you do pick up big weights, you do a very uh, small amount of sets with big weights because you don't want to become big. It's more of power. So you don't need the bulk, the muscular bulk. You don't you just need, the bulk. need power. Power, yes. Right. So obviously you go to the right place and the right trainer will tell you exactly what to do. Exactly. But however, if you know some players won't have access to the right trainer, there are YouTube videos online that um, players could um, access and watch to know exactly what to do. Okay, so we're going to be talking more over the series about resources. Yes. Because not many people know exactly where to go for this and how to get to that. So that's the first resource we have is that if you want to get on in training and not before you're 16 because your body is still developing on its own, but about 16, when you want to go to the gym or go out on the streets and train for to be a strong footballer, yep. you can look at YouTube and Absolutely. there are... What would you what would you search for on YouTube? So, for example, you can search for um, stuff to do for footballer in the gym, or if you want to be very specific, um, Pacific, right? You can also search on you know how to become, um, sorry, how to get power in my legs, right? For footballer, right? Okay, yeah. All right, so is that three we've gone through so far on your... Three, yeah. And the last one is uh, social. Social? Yeah. Social skills? Social skills, yeah. Ah, okay. So this is behaviour, reflection, accountability, responsibility and teamwork. Also, I would add attitude, which is very important. Whenever I speak to most scouts, right, they always talk about attitude. Right, and they say if a player's attitude is poor, they're not taking him because even if they're a really, really strong player, but they have a bad attitude, bad attitude. they'd rather just walk away. Yeah, because it will make all the other uh, green apples <laughs> spoil. Mm. You know, so attitude is very key, and this is what they look at because you're going to be entering an environment, right? And if you have a positive environment, it helps the team on the pitch, and if you have a negative environment, it doesn't help the team. 
So it was very important, you know, there's a lot of young, good talented players, but some players think they're better than they are. Arrogant. Arrogant. So they have a bit of arrogant about them because they're good, but that could also make them a bad player and they might not see it in their own eyes. Mm. You know, I've I've worked with players who who great talent but his attitude stinks. And because I can relate with him from where he's from, right? It's not because, you know, he's just trying to be, you know, um a player with attitude. No. It's maybe because he's dealing with other situations, you know, at home or, you know, something else that he's dealing with or maybe, you know, he's lacking some resources. And um, and so you kind of have to get through to those players and see the, the main problem. Well, there's one very important word that you used in that list, which is um, reflection. Yeah. And reflection is looking at, looking back at yourself, yeah. looking at yourself, all aspects of yourself, your inner life and your outer life, your physical we're talking about physical here. So, yeah. yeah, you think you're good enough. But what in your personality might stop you from going even further, even with this great talent? So it's important to take time and look at, to study, look at yourself like you are another person. Yeah. Am I arrogant? Be really honest with yourself. Hmm. Am I confident or do I lack confidence? And if I lack confidence, where do I find that confidence from? And out of all that self-reflection, and it can take a little bit of time and get to know yourself properly, and it's very difficult when you're 16, 15, 16, out of that comes, this is who I am, this is what I know about myself, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, this is what I can leave alone, this is what I need to think about a bit more. Yeah, totally. And that is actually also key as well because even after a game right you then have to if you want to improve right you have to look at the clips from your game and reflect over it see where all your mistake came um, all your mistakes came from and see how you could then work on that mistake and improve yourself which will be in your next training session and also see how how you uh, approach the game Right, see how you prepared yourself for the game. So, say if you lost that game or, or you played bad, you have to look at how, how did I approach the game. You have to ask yourself key questions. Mm. What did I do um, before the game? Did I prepare myself the night before? Was I on the phone the night before? If you want to be a professional footballer, you have to be very disciplined and focused. And focused. So this means that. You can't always be on social media. Uh, one thing I'll tell you that keepers, right, is very key for keepers not to use their phone one or two hours before uh, they go to bed. The main reason is it slows down their reflexes. Right, okay. And also, yeah. we're still getting used to social media. It's been around for years, but we're now understanding the effects of it. And I know that concentration is mm. a big part of a problem if you are on your phone too long flicking your thumb up looking at other things because you're looking at things for a few seconds at a time then moving on and concentrating for 90 minutes on one thing is suddenly becomes quite difficult yeah i've actually i was at leicester city's training ground around two weeks ago and i met um a digs owner 
right? Which 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 we said um, not long ago. A digs is where players live, <clears throat> and uh, the gentleman's name was Lee, and he was speaking to me about you know players. I think he's been doing it for like 15, 20 years, right? Or maybe even more. And he was speaking to me about different players who have you know been at Leicester City. He was speaking to me about the successful players and the unsuccessful players, and he told me a story about this boy. I forgot his name. But he said that when the boy arrived at the digs, he said, listen, you've got a, I've got rules that you have to follow. And one of his rules is that when it's nine o'clock, you have to give me your phone, uh-huh. right? And he said that the boy didn't have a problem with it. And that then that made the boy perform well. From performing well, right, the boy then got offered a three years professional contract. Uh-huh. So from that small detail, mm. right? And also, you know, nine o'clock, that gives you a little bit of time to think about tomorrow, prepare for tomorrow, have a shower. You kind of might be asleep by 10 o'clock. And yeah. I imagine sleep is really important to players. Yeah, sleep is advantageous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the four corners. Yeah. All very interesting, Olu. And let's just go back to the original question how do we know if we're good enough to get scouted? Yeah, so this comes back to the four-corner model, right? Um, if you're ticking the main boxes in the four-corner model, like the technical, tactical, physical, and also men- mental, also social as well, but the key thing is being consistent in matches, and this will reflect on your stats. So, for example... For a striker, if you're scoring X amount of goals and you're being consistent, then your name will start to ring around. For a winger, if you're getting your crosses in and assists, it will reflect by also being consistent in matches. So when a scout does to come watch you, then you would know that, all right, he's getting his crosses in. Because scouts do take notes, all right, how, all right we, we've got the winger here, right? Your job is to put crosses into the box, right? If not, how many 1v1s are you winning? For a centre-back or defender, also clean sheets, you know. For a centre-back, are you winning your headers? Are you winning your tackles? Is your long-distance passes spot on? Are you finding the player? When you're all doing these stuff which are reflecting off your stats, you then know, okay, I'm at a stage of where I'm able to get looked at. And what I didn't do as a young player, which what I'm telling other young players now, is if you're under 18 players, go to um, academy games. Go and watch them. See what they're doing. Because what they have is what you have to be better than. And if you're doing better than them and your stats are showing that, you will eventually be there. And what players don't do, they don't go to these games. So they don't know what to improve. They're kind of in their own heads. So when a scout does come watch you, you know that I'm scoring my goals, right? This is the amount of goals. I've scored 16 goals in 10 games. And in that game, when the scout watch you, he will know why you're scoring 16 goals in 10 games, because of your movement, because of your awareness, because you're getting, you're getting in the right positions and you're scoring goals. Same as a winger, you're beating your 1v1s. Uh, you're getting the crosses into the box. So this is how you know if you're um, good enough. I didn't answer it directly, 
because it's not a direct, there, there's no direct answers. You need all those things yeah. and reflecting whether, you know, have I ticked all these boxes? Yeah. Fascinating. What are we going to be talking about in our next episode? What do scouts look for, which is uh, very crucial. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys.